This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. This is episode 12 for Sunday, September 22nd. Today, we are going to be doing a teaching on our default versus our desired futures. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sunday Afternoon. Hopefully you've been enjoying some uh, good football or whatever it is you like to do on Sundays after church. I said I would do a quick video to walk us through this week's worksheet. Um, I know it kind of feels like homework, like we're doing a lot of homework. And it's like, well, this is, I didn't think this was, I thought this was church, not school. Why are we doing all this homework? Well, uh, for one, um, we want, we're working hard to make our relationship with God not just that thing we do on Sundays, but an active part of our all-day, everyday life. And so, so yeah, we do kind of need to think of ways we can do work with our relationship with God every single day. And so, so that is part of it. But also, a lot of it, it has to do with this process we're on on this 90-day journey. And so I have been working to try to help create a process that, that naturally moves us forward in, in creating new habits, new rhythms in our life that, uh, that, that make the space for God to be able to move and speak and act and live, you know, do the things in our life that we've always dreamed of God doing. But we've never given him the space in our lives to, for him to do those things, right? Like, I would love to see God work through my life in more powerful ways, but but I haven't, I haven't developed a deep relationship with him like I should. And part of the hang-up we have, you know, we, 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 we kind of expect that, um, that we're just going to know everything we need to know when we need to know it. And there are, I would say, limited times when you can make that argument. Um, I think you could look at Scripture and say, um, you know, if I'm being if I'm being persecuted and I'm being tried, and I'm in front of a group of people where I'm supposed to, you know, testify or be a witness for the gospel, then God will give me the words to say at that moment. Absolutely, I do believe that because Scripture teaches it. And uh, one of the, but one of the reasons I know uh, that is because I've read my Bible, I've studied my Bible, I've seen that in Scripture, so I know that it's there. And we we I think underestimate. Um, some of what the disciples had at their fingertips that we don't have. You see, the disciples, most of the disciples, if not all the all the disciples, would have gone to school in their tradition where they basically memorized the first five books of the Bible. So they already had an incredible scriptural foundation uh, that they could that they could rely on with Jesus's teaching. We don't have that. We don't. We don't have the same kind of society. We're not an oral culture, so we we weren't raised, you know, listening to our fathers and grandfathers tell us the stories of the Pentateuch, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, every night as we grew up. So we didn't get familiar with them. But that was what their life was like. We don't have that. So we have to do some work. We have to do some work familiarizing ourselves with God's story. So that it, that our minds have the same access to pull the same information when Jesus is teaching, we can actually start to connect some of the dots, and that's that's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some energy. It's not just going to happen. There's no no download and install button for this. It's just it's a process that happens over time, just like transformation. If we if we don't create the structure for it in our lives, we won't have 
lives that transform and look look more and more like Christ. We have to be intentional about creating the structure in our lives where Christ can move and work like we so deeply desire him to. So, so yeah, it kind of feels like homework, but but it's intentional homework. It's it's purposeful homework. This isn't just busy work. Not a single one of these assignments is busy work. They're all based on study that I've done and research that I've done. For instance, this one comes from a book I've referenced uh, a couple of times called Influencer, and then another book by the same authors where they get into that a little bit. It's called Change Anything, um, the, the Science of Personal Success. But I happen to be one of those people that thinks if God designed our bodies to work this way, then we can we can let scientists do the work for us of of uncovering some of the information, and then we can use it to build the kingdom because God designed it. You know, I, I have no problem with with working in accordance with the way God designed us, especially when it's when Scripture supports it. So. Today's exercise, or this week's exercise, I would encourage you sometime today, this evening, or tomorrow, tomorrow's devotional will be kind of focusing on this same idea, to find some time today or tomorrow at the latest to do this exercise, what I'm calling default future versus desired future. Your default future versus your desired future. And I just want to read uh, something uh, from this book Change Anything by by Joseph Grinney, Carrie Patterson, David Maxfield, a bunch of authors, scientists, really smart people, basically. Um, lots, I mean, there's such, there's so many great stories that, that I love to, to think about. But one of the, they, they, they talk about how we as people tend to live in carefully crafted ignorance, right? Carefully cra- crafted ignorance. We don't spend a, a, a lot of time, maybe you do, but a lot of people don't spend a lot of time thinking about their future and specifically where their present path will take them eventually, right? Because we're on a path. Everybody right now is on a path, on a journey, and our present path is going somewhere. And how many of us stop to take the time to think about where this journey, where this path is leading? And so we tend to live in a carefully crafted ignorance. And there are a couple of examples that they use uh, when, the, when they're talking about this desired or default future exercise. But this one is, is one um, I wanted to point out because I think we can resonate with it. So they talk about visiting in your mind, doing a field trip in your mind, a, a, a scenario, a, a future a case where your life might look a certain way, right? So, so taking a field trip, which is what, what the worksheet is designed to walk you through that process, to help you go through and think through their questions that, that, that hopefully will draw out from you, from us, from me, I'm going to do it too, that will hopefully draw out from us a, a vivid picture of what our default future will be like if we don't change anything. And then the backside will hopefully draw out a vivid picture of what our desired future is going to look like. This is important to help us help us really start to have some, some deeper levels of motivation for, for putting in the time to change uh, and do the things that we need to do to change. Because change isn't easy. It requires effort. It takes energy. And this is, happens to be, by the way, in the, in the chapter called Source One, Love What You Hate. We have to learn to love what we hate because most of the time, uh, the things that we should do are, are often boring, uncomfortable, or even painful, so we don't do them. 
We want to do them in the abstract, just not in real life. And that's some of what we've talked about already in this process. But they talk about glimpses and your default future into worst case scenarios often propel people to change, right? Go there in your mind before you go there in real life. And if you can go there in your real life, you might save yourself a whole lot of pain in real life instead of going there, uh, go there in your mind instead of going there in real life. Sorry, it's Sunday afternoon and my brain uh, spends most of its energy in the morning already. So my words are probably a little bit uh, messed up. But anyway... So one of the uh, examples they use are of emergency room nurses. They say, consider bike riding, a healthy habit. But what if you ride without a helmet? The odds are that nothing serious will happen to you, but then there's the unlikely but horrible head injury. So given the low likelihood of a head injury, who is most likely to go to the inconvenience of wearing a helmet and the loss of feeling the wind in your hair? To answer this question, one of the authors talked to his neighbor, an emergency room nurse, inquiring how many emergency room employees wear helmets when riding bikes or motorcycles. We all do, she exclaimed. We work in an emergency room. We see firsthand what happens to bikers when they're hit by a car or truck. It's often lethal. That's why we call motorcycles donor cycles. People without helmets crash and destroy their brains, and we then harvest the rest of their organs for transplants. Obviously, he says, these emergency room workers feel differently about wearing helmets than much of the public does because they have different experiences. They see where an unsafe practice just might lead them. When it comes to our own unsafe, unhealthy, and troublesome habits, we need to shine a light on reasonably possible worst-case scenarios before we experience them. Instead of purposefully, purposely ignoring the data, we need to bring it to the forefront of our minds now where it can help propel us in the right direction before it's too late. Create a tangible way for you to visit your default future is a powerful way to do that. So what we're trying to do is to create a vivid picture, a vivid experience in our minds. Now, if you haven't been using your imagination much lately, this might be a little bit more of a challenge, but I promise you, you can do it. Your imagination still works. It still exists. Maybe if you haven't been stretching it lately, it's not going to come quite as naturally, but you can do this. You can use your imagination because all of us have um, an imagination. That's how God designed us. So on the front side, you have your default future. What is your default future? And I ask some questions for you to think about. And if you have other questions, I would love to hear some of the things that you thought about to help you come up with your default future. But for instance, I said, if you change nothing about your current approach, what will your relationship with God be like 20 years from now? So stopping to think, just spending a few minutes to stop and think, okay, if I don't change anything about my approach right now, what is my relationship with God going to look like? And as we're going, as some of the other questions will start to unfold, you'll see it's not just our relationship with God because all of life is connected. My relationship with God affects my entire life, my entire being. And so how will my relationship with God and my life be affected by what's happening now? So we're asking ourselves this question. So if you change nothing about your life and about your current approach to your relationship with God, what will your relationship with God be like 20 years from now? How will this affect the rest of your life? If your relationship with God doesn't ever change, how will that affect your your life? 
You know, will you will you be able to handle more stress or less stress? Well, will the things that that frustrate you now still frustrate you then? Uh, will you still be struggling with the same worries, the same anxieties, the same fears? Right. Start to ask yourself some of these questions so that it starts to come to life. You know, if nothing changes, do you really want to spend the next twenty years in the exact same situation? And twenty years from now, look back at this moment and think, I could have changed something, but I didn't. I chose not to. And look at how I spent the last 20 years of my life. Another question is, what are your biggest struggles in your relationship with God at this moment? Maybe your struggle is closeness. Maybe your struggle is being honest and transparent with God and, and you have a hard time being real with God or you have a hard time confessing things or, or you still view him as this harsh, judgmental, authoritarian dictator and not being able to see him as your loving father who, who loves you deeply. I don't know, maybe, I don't know what, it are, what your, your struggles might be, but we all have struggles in our relationship with God. What are they right now? And how will you feel if you have these exact same struggles 20 years from now? So we're starting to, we're trying to put together a picture, paint a picture in our minds of what our life will look like 20 years from now if we don't change anything. That's our default future, right? What are the potential problems you will face if you continue, uh, you will face or continue to face if nothing changes? What are the problems you're dealing with right now, you know, that are ongoing if nothing changes? You know, use vivid details and draw this out, Okay. So you're starting to get a picture of it. Now we're going to, you know, based on the way you presently live your life, what do you value the most? That's an important question because we want to draw out our values. We want to try to attach our our pursuit of our our future relationship with God that we're wanting to move towards. We want to attach that to our values. But we also have to be honest with ourselves and do an evaluation, evaluation of what we currently, presently actually value. Because we might say that we value things like honesty and and humility and you know honor and you know all of those things, desire, passion. We might value those things, creativity. But if we're not actually, if our lives don't match up with our values, then what we really value is the other thing. We really value something else like selfishness or me time or comfort, convenience, anxiety. I don't value anxiety. Well, if that's what our life is producing at the moment, if if we're not doing anything to change our lives so that we continue to be anxious presences, then we kind of do. We kind of value anxiety. And there's some scientific research behind that that proves that there are some mental rewards we get out of being in those cycles and patterns. So we, we want to be honest about what we presently value by what we're, the decisions that we're making, right? Then we're going to go to our capture worksheet and we're going to list our A's, right? The A's analyze are those things that trip us up, those bad habits, those things that, that negatively impact our life, our relationship with God, and our, our, relation, our relationships with others. So we want to go back to that A, those things that are tripping us up, and look at how is that uh, impacting my loved ones? How has embracing this, whatever that A is, that thing you want to stop doing, how has this affected my loved ones? What will what effect will that that a that what pain has this caused loved ones in our life, and what will it continue to cause? Um, what will continuing to do this a this analyze thing? What will continuing to do this uh, cost them or cost me personally over the next twenty years? And then the last question on the first page is: If you arrive at the result you've written out on this page from twenty years from now, how will you feel? 
All right, so that's our default future. So we want to just spend some time thinking about our default future. If we do nothing, this is what will happen. And then we want to basically go through the exact same things in, in, a different, in a different way, different terminology, phrased a little bit differently about our desired future. So I'm not going to walk you through all of that, but I would say this is this just as important, if not more important, that you spend a lot of mental, imaginative energy in your life creating a you know, strong, vivid picture of your desired future. And that's important because it starts to create neural pathways in your brain for that to become more than just a dream. It starts to become a reality in your life, right? So, so you, wanted, you want to spend some serious time and effort. So spend time on the desired future side of the worksheet as well. One last thought on this, and then I'm going to wrap this up. But this is one of the reasons, though, that, that we do 90-day journeys, because we have a hard time looking into our own futures. Our, our brains have a hard time looking into our future and seeing our future selves as real people. We tend to see our future selves as fictional characters. So if we get out beyond 90 days, we tend to see ourselves as, as not real people. It's just that, that person that will hopefully have done and accomplished all of these wonderful things by the time we get there. So we have a hard time seeing ourselves. That's why we focus on 90 days to try to incrementally move us forward. So, so over this 90-day journey, we'll hopefully take a big leap in moving us towards that desired future. But if we don't do anything, if we don't change our thinking or our approach towards it, we know that nothing's going to change, right? You know, we're going to end up in the exact same place that we are today. We'll just be older or we'll have we'll have either more gray hair or less hair. If you're a guy, you might just have less hair or you'll have gray hair, but you'll still be the same person. Right. So I would encourage you to take this seriously so that it helps helps you create that mental picture of where you're going, what you want your relationship with God to look like as you move into the future. And hopefully this will become a compelling, a compelling image. And, and you may want to, maybe, maybe 20 years is too far out. Maybe you want to just focus on 90 days and, and maybe we'll make some adjustments on that the next time around. But, but maybe, maybe you just want to think 90 days from now. Okay, what do I want to not struggle with 90 days from now? What, what do I want my life to look like on December 7th? Or yeah, I think December 7th, December 8th, 2019. And just starting to create that mental picture. But we know that if we don't change the way we think about our lives and start changing, doing the hard work of changing our present, our future is not going to change. So we have to, we have to be invested in today. We have to be invested in the now for what God might want to do down the road. And I think if we do it, we'll, what we'll discover, it's a lot easier than we thought. It's not easy. It's just easier than we thought. So that is your default versus desired future worksheet, how to do it, the exercise to kind of think through that. And the hope is that this becomes something that compels us, that moves us forward, that gives us a little bit more motivation for moving towards the desired future that God has for all of us, where we're actually walking close with him like they did back in the garden, where we're, we're in a real close-knit relationship with God every single day. The way that's going to happen is by spending more time with him on a regular basis right but we have to build that relationship so that's uh, all i have for today that's our teaching on default versus desired future have a wonderful week we'll see you again soon www.thejesushabit.com